Welcome to the Writer's Room Podcast. I'm Trevon Free, back with my buddy Kathy Liu and co-worker and co-writer at AGW. Uh, we're going to kick the show off talking about the summer's biggest winners and losers. And after that, uh, Pat Barker and Joel Solomon are going to give you another edition of Get Off My Lawn, get cranky and old for you guys. And then Kathy's going to come back and wrap it up with uh, Brendan. What are you guys doing? Uh, we're giving we're giving some hot recommendations. Recommendations? Yeah. All right. I like recommendations. I like things. So this segment's for you. It works for me. <laughs> I'll definitely be tuning into that. But um, we're gonna start off with the biggest winners and losers of summer 2016. It's winding down. It's been a very weird summer. Um, who who's your winner for, for the summer of 2016? I can already tell that you're going to be mad at who my winner oh is. <laughs> um, I will qualify it by saying not the only winner of summer 2016, but a winner. I would give it to Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. You guys hear that? In 2016. How Rob, I, I think that's the first time I've heard his name this summer. See, that's why he's winning. Because he's, <laughs> he's quietly sneaking in there in a way that like, you know, it'd be easy for me to give it to Arthur. Like, shouts out to Arthur. Shouts <laughs> to Arthur's meme game. fist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about this a lot because I was watching all of the Olympics coverage and seeing the way that someone had matched up the song Smooth uh, with Katie Ledecky's Swim. <laughs> and then also with Equestrian, someone was prancing, well, a horse, not someone, oh, was prancing what a out sport. Yes, <laughs> to a karaoke version of Rob Thomas's Smooth. And I had not thought about the song in years. And then I realized, like, it is the perfect comeback story. <laughs> like, you totally forgot about it. You totally forgot about Rob right. Thomas. But he is quietly sneaking into America's households. And he has, like, a good attitude about it. Has he commented? Has he said anything about this? Did anyone talk to him? See, he has not really said anything. I saw that he retweeted some dude wearing a shirt that references the song. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. He has a good, good, hearty attitude about it in a way that I would be like, don't make fun of me. Like, stop bullying me. And instead, he just, he had a great vibe about him that I appreciate. Um, I also think that, like... I forgot actually how popular that song was. And something that I often sort of question is what would songs be like had the internet existed at that time? Right. And I love that it's getting a second life. It's like the same thing for me with Ghost Town DJs and My Boo, where I'm right. like, yeah, just like you had your moment and now you're having another moment. Right. It's a great way to research. Start I love that. Sell a few, get a few iTunes sales. But what's crazy is I was looking into it and that song is actually Billboard's number one greatest adult pop song of all time. Is it? <laughs> Which, like, caveat, I don't know what adult pop necessarily means. Right, what does that mean? But Billboard has named it the number one. So I was like, wow, Rob Thomas has been out here this whole time, and we didn't even know. Well, I, they, they owe a big credit to those, uh, what, Maryland basketball players, I think it was, who started that that Running Ghost Man Town, Challenge? Yeah. yeah, Ghost Town DJs, they owe so much. I think they started doing the that uh, during last basketball season. And then it became, this, it's not even the Running Man. It just started calling in that. I know, but, but I'm such also a glad soft you, spot in my heart for it. I'm also glad you brought up uh, dressage because I fucking hate it. I think it's stupid. Dude, this is not get off my lawn. But... <laughs> and I just throwing it out there because I uh, I mentioned that on Twitter the other day. That dressage was the stupidest sport, the stupidest, most elitist, dumb sport ever is what I called it. Did people come after you? And the horse community rose up. Oh. I didn't even know they had one, but they rose up and they were tweeting at me about how I didn't understand dressage and I totally understand dressage. It's a stupid <laughs> sport. Like, do you know how bored you have to be as a rich white person to look at a horse and go, you know what? I'm going to make that horse dance. And then, and then that should also be an Olympic sport. It's like prancer size. It's stupid. And the thing, remember Mitt Romney had a horse, a dressage horse in 2012 in the yes. Olympics? Yes, like I do. Rafalka. Like it's a. I love that you know the name. That that shows how deep this beef it really is. It's you have to be. People don't realize you have to be so rich 
to have a dressage horse. Of course. Like, so that's when people why it's were like, like crazy that they didn't buy the rights to the real like Santana Rock. Right, and just smooth. use it. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but um, well, but I I digress. Um, for you, who do you think has been a winner this summer? I think uh, the biggest winners of the summer are people in the Olympics named Simone. Yes. If you if you're a black woman named Simone in the Olympics, you are totally killing it. Simone Manuel, first African-American woman to win us an individual medal and gold on top of that. And now Simone Biles, who people are calling arguably the greatest gymnast of all time with four gold and a bronze medal. And she just finished her spoiler alert. Well, it won't be a spoiler alert on Saturday when this comes out. Uh, she won her floor routine. Had you been following uh, her ascent prior to Rio? I only heard about it right before the Olympics started. Cause I don't, I don't know what's happening in gymnastics when there's no Olympics. So I don't know where they perform or what they right. do. And so when I started hearing about it and I saw the, the New York times video, they posted of her doing her floor routine and why it's so impossible for anybody to do what she does. It was astounding to watch her do it. And it's pretty cool to see Simone Manuel do what she does because of the history of black people and swimming pools in America and black people in swimming in America, where you go back to a time where black people and uh, some white people were having swim-ins uh, where they were doing sit-ins in pools and people were dumping acid in the pools to a woman winning a gold medal for that very country, a black woman winning a medal for that same country. It's such a, a crazy thing to think about. Well, I mean, I've I've been following it a lot as well and seeing even the way that headlines are written about both Simone's and the way that um, it almost becomes just a kind of subplot of a larger Olympics narrative. And right. so I was wondering, from your perspective, do you feel like they've received the right amount of media attention, not enough? Um, do you feel like they are the best story coming out of this games to everyone? Or I think women are killing it at the Olympics and... Uh, Michael Phelps is getting all the attention. <laughs> right. It's an inch. Like I saw a headline that said, uh, uh, Phelps and uh, yeah, African American it, make history. Well, no, not even that one, but that's just as bad. But I saw another one that said, uh, Michael Phelps finishes second and wins silver medal. And in small print underneath that, Ledecky breaks world record and wins gold. And you're like, how is that the sub headline to Michael Phelps winning a silver medal? And, it's just been across the board. The, the this women gymnastics team is arguably the best we've ever seen. And to look at the fact that even in this very country where you have women like Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles competing for your country, winning, racking up gold medals for your country, there are people online who all they can talk about is their appearance, why their hair looks the way it does, why their body looks the way it does, why didn't she put her hand over her heart during the national anthem? All these things where... These people have done everything to prove their love for your country. They're not only do they spend years practicing this sport, they are doing it literally wearing the flag. Right. And <laughs> the, amount, the amount of sacrifice. Out, right. Their outfits are literally the American flag and it's not American enough for you. So uh, I find that pretty interesting and, and sad on some levels. But overall, I think the Simones and, uh, slash women at the Olympics are big winners. And I I agree with you, and I hope that that narrative, I guess, continues past Rio. I think that that's always been the test of time to see right. if, if, like, our collective memory lasts long enough, especially in a world wherein, like, we refresh Twitter and I'm like, oh, I forgot what happened yesterday. Yeah, totally. Um, so then who's... Who's a loser for you this summer? Well, that it's funny you mentioned that, how, how fast we forget, because it brings me to my loser of the summer, which is um, Melania Trump is my biggest loser of the summer. After uh, her speech plagiarizing and then uh, her sketchy degree that she got <laughs> or Trayvon's didn't using get. using air quotes <laughs> in case you guys didn't know. And then her, uh, like even her immigration status, where you just start to find, it takes one plagiarized speech to just have your life kind of fall apart. And it makes you realize 
how well or how poorly her and Donna would hold up under scrutiny if they were ever to become the president first lady. And I'm glad it looks like they might not, but 80, 80, 80 something more days uh, until we get there. But I just feel like because we live in this new cycle where we have the internet and Twitter and all these things, we so quickly forget about things like that. Like 20 years ago, even 25 years ago, that would have been a huge story that would have stuck around for months. And now that we have 24 hour news cycles in Twitter, we're like, what, how long do we hang on to that for like a couple days before the memes died off and we moved on to the next thing, the DNC started and we forgot about all about the speech. And it was just one of those moments that re- reminded me of how, where politics and media are today makes it so easy to forget things that would have ruined people's careers in politics or in any type of uh, uh, career had they done those things when there was no social media or internet. Yeah, and even, you know, to your point, it's it was crazy to me. I was reading an article about uh, George W. Bush's iPod because in light of, like, Obama and yeah, Biden putting out, like, their Spotify yeah. playlist, they were talking about, like, George, what George Bush loaded onto his iPod. <laughs> and I just, I had such a hard time conceptualizing the amount of technology that has evolved from president to president and just seeing the way that you're right like had anything like that happened during the clinton years i mean i I just feel like newspapers in general would have held on to that story for so much longer than what we've seen with something like that which you know you brought it up and i I feel bad because I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that was bad. Obama really is the social media president. Like, there was no, when was Twitter? Uh, 2007, 2008? Whenever Ashton uh, Kutcher was popping. Yeah, yeah, all these things came along at the tail end of the Bush regime, and they weren't using them. Obama was the first guy to really uh, use these tools like Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram. And I honestly don't think anyone after him will use it as well. I don't think anyone will be as good at it or as cool with it as he was. And yeah, the fact that Chance the Rapper was at his 55th birthday party. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm like, it's safe to say we will never That's have never, a cooler right. president. That's true. I don't think like no matter how you feel about politics, cool and cool is cool. And I don't think we'll have another president for the foreseeable future or if ever, that'll ever live up to the coolness of Michelle and Barack in that regard. But I think that being said, Melania, thinking of all the things that have happened and the obvious people we would consider losers of the summer, uh, I think she's my biggest loser. But we still have one more, <laughs> Kathy. We started uh, with your winner, uh, Rob. Yeah, Rob, just Rob giving Thomas. him that gold. Uh, <laughs> getting that gold, but tell me about your loser. I would say the loser of the summer for me is quietly Katy Perry. Oh, Katy Perry. Uh, I think, you know, she came out with Rise, which was, you know, the informal Olympics theme song. And I think that even though she had that song, it almost solidified her role as like schmaltz anthem girl like she's that i'm gonna say is she becoming anthem girl yeah she's that person that you turn to for like the pump up song and i think that as an artist all because of roar is that where is that where or like well there's also firework Firework. um but what i thought was so funny is that you know she's had so much of her catalog like blasted into the stratosphere because of the association with the hillary clinton campaign right and i think she's quietly the biggest loser because Every time you hear a roar or firework, you're like, why did we even like those songs to begin with? <laughs> and like, I think about how when Obama would walk off stage and Sign Sealed Delivered would play, right. no one was ever saying, oh man, that wasn't a jam. Like, right. everyone's like, damn, we've been sleeping on Stevie Wonder this entire time. <laughs> right. And so I think that Katy Perry, now she has this microscope uh, through all of these songs that she's written that I don't think she really asked for. I think she probably thought these are like some dope empowerment jams that right. I'm going to just share out into the world. And now everyone's like, wait, hold on a second. Like, who are you? And so in the same way that Rob Thomas had a good second life, I think that Katy Perry is suffering from kind of 
that second wave of criticism where people are, they're questioning everything. So are you saying she might feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind? I can't believe you're doing this. Wanting to start again? <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you right now. No. I don't I don't endorse the slow it's actually read. It actually sounds worse when you actually talk the lyrics out. And that's what I'm saying. I think that like people never thought about it because it's just like that song would come on. You're like, this is a jam. And now people are playing back the lyrics slowly and they're like, what? <laughs> it's that used, makes no sense. It's used comically in so many movies and TV shows now. Like It was on Kimmy Schmidt last season. But uh, yeah, Katy Perry and Melania Trump are biggest losers of the summer. I agree. Even though you did a slow read of Katy Perry, I agree with you, Trayvon. <laughs> we can still be friends. I take it back. I take it back. Thanks for shooting the uh, pop culture shit with me as usual. We do this all the time in the office. Um, stay tuned because you're going to get a lot of anger and resentment and shouting, I hope, from uh, Joel and Pat coming up next. All right, guys. Well, that was Trayvon and Kathy. And uh, now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Get Off My Lawn. Uh, my name is Pat Barker, an Any Given Wednesday writer. I'm here with the great Joel Solomon. And uh, this is the segment where we, we rant and rave about stuff that uh, that bothers us. But you are the lawnmower. Let's get that right. You're ready to mow some things down. Oh, look at you. You're ready to mow the lawn. I'll tell you what I do have an issue with. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reading the news and I see that uh, the NFL and Roger Goodell have said that the players named in that Al Jazeera report that came out in December, if they do not comply uh, with mandatory interviews to discuss uh, their their alleged, uh, you know, HDH and steroid use, they will be suspended. Not if they are found guilty, not if evidence surfaces, if they do not talk to Roger Goodell about it. Never mind the fact that mm-hmm. all of them have now submitted sworn affidavits, which are completely admissible in court, but evidently not in Roger Goodell's court. He he feels the need to talk to these guys one-on-one. It's completely insane. It's a total abuse of power. I believe the term you were looking for is obstruction of justice, which, by the way, <laughs> justice, this was a report that came out half a year ago. Why are we just getting around to this now? I thought this was over. Yeah, dude. T- first of all, I don't know what a- obstruction of justice means. I saw a few good men three times. That's the ex- that's the extent of my court knowledge. Um, but it- that sounds about right. Uh, I it's it's just it's disgusting to me because first of all, the Al Jazeera report. Uh, let, let's let's go over the timeline uh, of that. They released it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then immediately, the guy who implicated Peyton Manning in the report says, uh, "I made that whole thing up." So right away, it's off to a great start. The guy who implicated Peyton Manning says he made that whole thing up. Secondly, two major league baseball players named in the report, Ryan Howard and Ryan Zimmerman, have sued Al Jazeera for defamation. Joel, other than Lance Armstrong, have you ever seen a steroid user sue for defamation? Never. No. And you know why? Because then it goes to court and then information comes out that they don't want to come out. So if you're willing to sue, if you feel that strongly to prove your innocence, chances are the report is bullshit. So I'm calling bullshit on the report in general. Never mind the fact that Roger Goodell can't insist that these guys talk to him or he'll suspend. I mean, I guess he can do it. He is doing it. But it's a dick thing to do. And it's it's James Harrison, another guy that's kind of called out Roger Goodell, spoke, you know, not so highly of him. And and now we're here again just saying, then then I'm going to suspend you. It's Roger Goodell, you need to focus on the real issue here, why Aaron Hernandez has not been suspended for murder. That's a great question. That that is a great point. You love to suspend people. We you're missing a big one. I demand that if if Aaron Hernandez gets 50 years on the 51st year, he should be suspended for the entire season, his age 84 season or whatever it is. I want to see that in the <laughs> suspension list. All right, I'm a, I'm a huge Yankee fan. Love the Yankees. Love the youth movement. But they 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 disappointed me a little bit last week. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Alex Rodriguez got a, maybe not exactly a proper send-off, but a send-off nonetheless. But uh, Yankee fans booed Joe Girardi. And Joe Girardi ha- had his hands tied a little bit on this. Uh, Stop. It, it, was a, it was a little bit mid-season. This came about very abruptly. They wanted A-Rod out. And uh, Joe Girardi had to backtrack a little bit about farewell tours. That's that's not what he does. That's that's up in the air for discussion. <laughs> no, it's not. It's clearly what he does. But why, Pat? You can't boo Joe Girardi. Sure, if I was there, I'd have booed him. Joe Girardi, by the way, 
a lot of his good players traded away at the deadline. Beltran, Chapman, Miller. A lot of, he's dealing with a lot of call-ups. Still in the wild card hunt. And you're booing Girardi? Yeah, because he's a clown. He's a clown in 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 the in Girardi's the, a clown. First of all, if your good players get traded, that's because you're underachieving. Mm-hmm. That's when that happens. So if you're underachieving and your good players get get traded, who's that on? That's on you. You're the manager. Like if if the Yankees were winning the wild card, those guys would not have been dealt. So I don't I don't feel any sympathy for him. You know, for, from that he handled the entire A Rod situation horribly. Like the, wait, the Yankees, the Yankees in wait, general. A Rod didn't handle it poorly. A Rod has handled his whole life poorly, okay. But if we're if we're going into just specifically the last week, I put way more blame on on the Yankees. You can't boo the Steinbrenners. You can't. They don't. They don't go on the field. Well, I mean, they did for a ceremony. You you can't boo Brian Cashman. Those guys, they orchestrated this. They needed at bats for the younger guys. Brian McCann is moving to DH. Listen, I, I feel bad for A-Rod, too, but I, I don't think I would have taken it out on Joe Girardi. Two things. Number one, I'm from Philadelphia. I can boo whoever I want. That's what we do. Right. Okay? So don't don't tell me I, I'll boo you for that nonsense. Number two, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they should have kept A-Rod. I'm saying that when you decide, like, okay, we're going to play A-Rod in two more games ever, uh, he deserves... To, to not be treated like that. You know what I mean? Like for- I know what you mean, but the reason they're not in the wild card hunt is because of A-Rod. He's batting 200 no. patty fly balls. No. A- A-Rod, first of all, A-Rod has been one of the only $100 million contracts in baseball history that he, he actually performed up to the money. Okay? All right. He, 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 I don't disagree just, with that. You know, right. so I'm, I'm saying this guy doesn't deserve this kind of treatment. Uh, they should have either outright released him or not let Girardi come out and been like, yeah, he could do whatever he wants. And then be like, well, I don't do farewell tours. Get your story straight, Yankees, or just release the guy. You didn't like him anyway. Why Why do we have to do this? So you could sell A-Rod final game t-shirts for $40? No. Well, listen, he'll be on the the Phillies next year, possibly, and then you can boo him then. Yeah, he'll be in the Phillies AAA uh, affiliate with new manager Joe Girardi. Um, let's talk about the Olympics. Okay? Let's. Okay, and uh, I hope my Rio friends don't get too upset. This has nothing to do with Rio, so calm down before you start tweeting. Take is yeah, on before the way. you start tweeting, slow your roll. Okay, the Olympics. Uh, I'm I'm upset because I turned them on. And it happens once every four years, so you know, there's a lot of anticipation, and I'm really excited, and I turn them on, and what are they airing footage of but ping pong? Mm-hmm. Okay, you have your choice if you're the Olympics. You can be the ultimate athletic spectacle where all of the greatest athletes in the world go to compete. You know, dating back to the ancient Greek days when, when dudes in, in, in togas or half naked were, were running around and jumping over hurdles and throwing rocks or whatever the fuck. You could be that. You could test strength and endurance and athleticism. Or you could be a glorified Dave and Buster's tournament with fucking ping pong. You got to choose one or the other. Either get rid of ping pong and badminton and, and trampoline. Why is there an Olympic event that that was a thing that I did in my backyard when I was eight? So you were not into that horse prancing around to Santana Rob Thomas smooth. <laughs> you, you, you were not feeling no, that. No, fuck that horse. Fuck, fuck equestrian. Get all of this nonsense. How is there no baseball? There's no baseball. There's no football. There's no karate. There's no racquetball. There, there's, there, there's no cricket. But this, see, this is where I, I, throw, I throw it out to you. That is is not like ping pong that you and I play. That is Forrest Gump level shit, athletic ping pong. And and I get it. They're not the most exciting events, but hey, every four years, you don't think they deserve a, a crack? No. 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 In the world ping pong championship, sure. I've been at bowling alleys where I've seen dance dance revolution players that would fuck your whole world up. They would blow your mind. They don't, they're not Olympians. Right. Okay, they, they, those are those are not sports. I don't. I, I I have no idea why I'm watching ping pong on the Olympics. But you're watching and not it. baseball. But you are watching I it. I hate watching it. You are watching it, and and see, this is this is the dilemma. Uh-huh. The Olympics keep adding sports. I, I think they want to change with the times. You, you know, as much as I, I like shot put, no one. I mean, I don't even know how. More interesting to me is who the hell? How do you even get into shot put? Are you just at Home Depot one day throwing stuff? under the shelf and you're like i should go out for shot put that as long as people are doing it and they can make a competition out of it 
See, this is where I think the Olympics is going wrong. They keep trying to make it younger, and maybe we're going to see uh, beer pong in it one day and dude perfect trick trick shots, and that's where I think they can scale back. I, you know, I, I disagree. I, I, I mean, well, or you know, do one or the other. I don't mm-hmm. care. That's fine. If you want to do dude perfect trick shots, I'm, I'm okay with that. If, if the Algerian national team can throw a basketball out of a helicopter and into a hoop, you get gold medals. Congratulations. I'm fine with that. I I'm think you're just met upset that we're not dominating these fringe sports. If the, if the Americans, if you saw the medal count at 100 to nothing, would oh, you be okay? Oh, if the American team was dominating trampoline, then I'd be all for it. But we, I don't think we are. So, Therein yeah, lies the ditch problem. it. Ditch it. Ditch it. All right. Pat, I've been in a marriage for 11 years, and sadly, I, I think it, it's time to end it. This pains me to, boy. to say it and announce this on the podcast that uh, I, this pains me to say it. I, I think I'm over fantasy football. Oh, I, I really Mrs. am. Solomon just dodged a bullet. She did. That that marriage, I'm, the jury's still out. But <laughs> what's, fan, your, what's your beef with fantasy football? I, I just don't want to do it this year. I, I love getting together for the draft and, and that's always fun. Wings. Maybe it's that the the players I don't care about or that it's not worth the $500, but I just, I could care less after the draft. Don't care. Yeah. Come week seven, I'm not bombarding my friends with trade offers and looking at the waiver wire. And uh, it pains me to say it. I love the idea of fantasy football. I love that Matthew Barry's built an empire on it and that uh, it's good for the economy. But man... I'm just not. I don't know, Pat. You, you're not you, feeling it. I, you know, I, I think you're not alone. That's why daily fantasy is like this, this juggernaut now, because you're right. The only fun part of fantasy football is the draft. That's it. That's the only fun, exhilarating part. And then you have to follow it up with like just six months of of just like trolling the waiver wire, looking for like a backup tight end who might get to play, like, you know. I have enough depression in my life already. I don't need my fantasy team to be 2-7 and seven and dealing with injuries. I, I'm already upset enough that I have to deal with this fantasy team. It's not worth it to me. Is it possible you're just not good at fantasy football? This here, Here's the other thing I've I, I begun to think about. As I've gotten older, I've now realized... I used to think, oh man, Ezekiel Elliott, this guy's a real sleeper. That 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 I think it's been perpetuated that wow, anyone can do fantasy football. No, it's it's complete luck of the draw. Totally. You deal with injuries, and now I'm like, who gives a shit? Whereas in my twenties, I'm like, I'm really, I'm really, no, I'm really I'm hundred percent with you. We're we're roughly the same age, and my my interest in I, I just signed up for a fantasy football league the other day, and I I might as well just give the guy fifty dollars and then you know turn my computer off because I'm not gonna win. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not a fan. The saddest part about this is you're right. I'll do it again. Okay. That listen. That that has been get off my lawn. I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Now let's throw it to our last segment uh, with Brendan Lynch and Kathy Lou. Hey, uh, welcome to the final section of the Writers Room podcast. I'm here with Kathy Lou. Hello. And uh, this is a new segment um, that we're calling Hot Rex. And uh, it's, we're just going to recommend a couple of things. Kathy? Just like, cruising for suggestions. This is based on, what's the place that does the recommendations? I feel like there are many places that do recommendations. But this is really just, just an opportunity for Brendan and I to kind of throw out things that we've been really interested in, things that we think you might be interested in. Um, Brendan thinks it's important to specify that Rex is spelled like W-R-E-C-K-S, just in case you guys were wondering, because these could also be garbage recommendations. Um, but we're willing to throw it out there. So that's my first recommendation stumbling out of the gate. (laughs) Kathy, what's yours? Uh, your recommendation? I'm recommending, uh, Terrace House. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, no. So I don't watch that much reality TV. I know that you dabble a lot in reality Mm TV. Um, Terrace House is a Netflix series that is essentially a ripoff of real world uh, where it's six millennial like haughty Japanese youth living in this beautiful home in Japan. Um, It's all in Japanese 
it is the most boring show I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it is so boring that it's actually recalibrated my mind for how I watch television. So the thing that I love about it is as someone who doesn't watch that much reality TV, it made me realize like I have a lot of preconceived notions about it. Um, To give you an example, like whenever there's a fight between the two dude protagonists, I'm like, oh, my God, he's totally going to punch him in the face. Like this is this is when he spills the beer and like punches him in the face. And that doesn't happen. Like they just have a very chill conflict resolution sesh. And it made me realize like this is how I perceive all conflicts like in general and on television. And it's made me realized that I had all of these ideas about reality TV that I didn't even know I had. That said, it is extremely boring. So just quick question, like, so it's like a reasonable people, like on like a reality show. Yeah. That's what makes it boring that like, it's actually people who aren't like going insane. And well, it's that nothing ever happens. And so every time you think something is going to happen, it doesn't actually occur and so instead you just have people who are working out their issues by talking about it and it means that everything is heightened so it heightens all of your senses because you're expecting this big blowout or if it's the male and the female protagonists who are going to like maybe finally get together that that just doesn't happen and so instead you're left being on the edge of your seat by someone doing like a really heavy sigh of just like disappointment. Ah, oh, I got you. I got to check this out. It's like a cleanse. It, yes. Actually, I thought of you when I saw it because it is so boring and the color palette is so soothing that you'll either fall asleep, which is which is nice because, you know, it, it's nice to have something that you can reliably count on for white noise or you'll walk away from it. Just you'll never look at the challenge the same way again is my suspicion. And it's called Terrace House. Terrace House. Okay. That's a that's a great one. Um, so my next one is I don't like music. I'm not a music person. Um, I like to listen to, like, I don't know, people talking. Um, and uh, you're, you're like a big cadence guy. Yeah. I like to just – I like to listen to people talk. Um, but I do like rap mixtapes. That's my weakness. Datpiff.com. And, uh, <laughs> when I say it, it sounds ridiculous, but datpiff.com. I like to just go on there and just see what's going on. What's the new gangsta grills? What's the new, like, because I just, I love sound effects. I love interruptions and I just like mixtapes are what I feel like what rappers really want to say not what the label want you know it's like you're getting the real them it's the purest form of music so you're and the my mixtape that i'm recommending and this is dare i say like one of the greatest albums i've ever heard it's a collaboration between um two memphis rappers gangsta boo who formerly of three six mafia and la chat um and it's called witch and the theme of the album is like black magic. Um, it's very dark. It's uh, it it's it passes the Bechdel test. It's the only mixtape that passes. I mean, I didn't know that a mixtape could pass the Bechdel it, test. It is. It's wonderful. It is so great. Um, Gangsta Boo is my favorite female rapper. I think she's so underrated. She's so brilliant. Um, and, uh, please just give it a listen. Even if you don't like rap, I think you'll enjoy it because it's so different. Like just the idea of rapping about being a witch and like bringing up that kind of imagery is just, I feel like witchcraft has had a really huge resurgence in a way that it's become a cultural force. Um, but I'm really interested. How do you think as someone who doesn't like music that dat piff found its way to your heart and in a world in which like you hate all other music great question um i i love beef uh yes that's 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 something brendan and i share in common it's just a 
deep, deep love of beef that I cannot stress enough. If two people are fighting, I want to watch. I want to listen. I want to sometimes instigate. And there's a series of mixtapes that someone told me to check out on Dat Piff, and they're called Street Wars. And it's basically just taking the... Um, rappers going back and forth at, e at each other and just it's a compilation basically it's a sizzle reel of beef <laughs> and um it's great and it's it's also fun because like there's so much more beef on the mixtape circuit you know just it's, because it's unfiltered yeah it's it's not as curated as the as just like the wild beef out there yeah, and it's also a lot of beef where it's like a guy is from a certain scene and he's beefing with like the younger guys in that scene who are just trying to get, you know, try to come up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Street Wars, check that. I don't know if they still do them anymore, but um, Witch, you cannot go wrong with Witch. I'm so, I feel so strongly Were you a big about like Charmed fan growing up? No, I, maybe. I didn't, <laughs> I, my... I don't really. I haven't dabbled with witch, with witchcraft a lot. As that's like, actually something that's that's good for well, I'm everyone like to know the pop culture sure. thing. But like you know, maybe Charmed. What's the movie with Bette Midler? Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Oh, maybe, classic. Maybe, that that's actually our real recommendation. Maybe Hocus I'll Pocus. just go on like a like a, a straight one day, just Sabrina. Cool. Everything. Just knock everything out. So what's your next one, Kathy? So I feel like I aged out of Snapchat, not in the sense that I don't know how to use it, but more in that I don't understand the etiquette. So if I ever don't understand the etiquette of something, I tend to just fall back and I just like to observe. Um, so I don't send or receive Snapchats, which I now realize makes me sound sad. But instead, I've been using Snapchat when I'm lost because the geo filters that tell you where you are and what neighborhood you're in are so clutch. I don't like pulling out my phone and having to pull up like Google Maps mm. or an app that shows so clearly to everyone that I'm very lost. Um, and I just moved to LA, so I tend to not really know where I am at any given time. Um, but I guess as I'm saying this, I realize that I'm kind of like a cranky dad who doesn't want to pull over and ask for directions. And so I've been using Snapchat as a way to understand like where I am in the city at any given time. Mm -hmm. So my recommendation is using Snapchat for all purposes that are not designed for the app. So using it to know the weather, very important. Using it for geo filters and also just, you know, I... I tend to read the articles too. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a fun, it's light, you know, you know what you're getting into when you do the articles. Exactly. You know, it's just like, this is going to be a minute and uh, you're, you're not going to get sucked in, but that's interesting. I never even thought about, there's so many little neighborhoods in LA. I didn't even, th and Google, Google maps. It doesn't really tell you where you are. Like, it's been the same for a long time. And the walking, the walking directions on Google Maps, I, I'm always walking. I always walk 10 minutes in the wrong direction. It's just, it's, it's really not set up for that. And in LA, um, I like to walk around in LA. Same, it's, exactly. It's not a popular thing to say. Like uh, I saw that um, Entourage movie and the biggest laugh on the Entourage movie is, you know, one of the characters says, what are you doing? Nobody walks in LA. And the whole, I saw it and you know, in, at the arc light and, and, the you, whole, and you laughed. <laughs> no, I was like, what is he? I was offended, but the whole crowd laughed. And I was like, I walk in LA. Like in my head, I, it, it never really got back into the movie after that. But, um, the, yeah, Google maps, not good. You can't, Waze doesn't do anything. Waze doesn't help you. And so I would much rather be spotted as someone who's way too obsessed with Snapchat filters than someone who's lost. Yeah. That's my big pet peeve. What is your next recommendation? It's an experience. It's an app. It's uh, it's a lifestyle. It's, it, it's just so I um, the other this weekend, I was like on my own for food. And I said, you know, I, I want to do something different. And I love trash pizza like you know 
new people who talk about like, oh, the best pizzas in New York, the best pizza. No, I like, I like a chain pizza. I like rewards points. I like delivery. Like I don't need the like when someone's talking about like, oh, the little trickle of grease and the you know if you call it a slice or a pot. Like get out of here. I I want it made by. Like if, if it's not on a stock exchange, I will not eat your pizza. Okay. So I hadn't messed around with Pizza Hut in a long time. I've been doing a lot of Papa John's, a lot of Domino's. And I said, you know what, Pizza Hut, I'm going to give you another shot. I download the app. Great experience. Then I start just messing about on the app and I see that they have all these new things. And, you know, I knew that they brought back stuffed crust. I didn't know that. Um, a, a, a 90s fave. And then they have the pretzel crust. And I said, can you stuff the pretzel crust? Yes, you can. Whoa, that's a bold ass yeah. too. So I order stuffed pretzel crust Hawaiian. And then at the very end, there's a balsamic drizzle. A drizzle. And I said, what, what, the, what the heck? Did a little balsamic drizzle. So this pizza, like as this pizza is my nightmare. This pizza, it I mean, it's bad pizza done. It's like a madman created this pizza, right? I, I see it and I'm almost like, oh, this is like, I would not go in and look someone in the eye and order this, right? Um, and I also got uh, jalapenos on it. So um, <laughs> good addition, good addition. Yeah, I can't leave that out. The the devil's in the details. So I order this pizza. And I'm waiting, and then I get the call, and I walk down, and there's this delightful woman from Pizza Hut. And uh, I had my tip in my hand, and she said, um, you know, I had to, I signed, I paid with a credit card because it was on the app, and then I, I always tip in cash because, you know, classy it's move, res- dude. respectful. So I give her the tip, and she said, oh, man, you, you know, when this order came up, like, we were wondering what you were going to look like, and... You don't look anything like we thought. And I was just like, the fact that I brought a Pizza Hut in LA, like the employees together with my horrible order, like I was like, I ate that pizza with pride. But please, how, do you, how do you think they thought you looked? I have no Well, she, she also said one last thing. Like she was like, yeah, we thought like, because we're having some problems with the app, that it was like the app, like... Like your app just misfired because it was, you know, and I was like, no, that's exactly what I wanted. But she thought it was like they were going to have to, you know, I mean, there was a bug in the system or something because my, my order was so horrible. But download the pizza, the pizza Hut app. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. They got cookie pizzas and they have this weird like three level thing and you can stuff all these different kinds of crusts. It's a fun night. Try to beat a Hawaiian jalapeno stuffed pretzel crust with a balsamic drizzle try to beat that in terms of just train wreck and get back to me if you'd like Um, that's an aspirational goal i also think that the best part about this is it shows so much about your greatest beef of all time which is beef against the city of new york that's that's the subtle undertone that i really respect i am not built for new york and i do not pretend I'm not one of these people who pretends to say that it's the greatest place on on earth you know New York is not for me um I re- respect that but in LA it, it, by saying like yeah I'm not the biggest like New York person it's you get there's tension there there, there is yeah and, some dat piff quality tension and when you say I want I like dominoes that's what I like someone from New York like balls their fist you know they don't i like you don't have always have to like the best of everything sometimes something that's just consistent and familiar you know i grew up like eating trash pizza why all of a sudden am i going to change as i get older and start to pretend like oh the, the the dough the water is different i mean come on i agree i agree you like what you like and what's what's your last one uh my last recommendation I guess is also an experience. Um, so recently I was with a bunch of friends and we started to try and guess what the top like viewed YouTube videos of all time, what what videos those actually are. Do you know the number one video? This might be something we've talked about before. Um, I should know. I mean, just quick little disclaimer. I 
in a former life was an employee of ebombsworld.com. And um, whew, that, that took a lot. That took a lot. Um, but uh, so I am very familiar with viral content. Um, and no no shots at ebombsworld.com. But Only it, love for ebombs uh, yeah, world. A, um, and, but is it the, the most, the history of dance? No, it is Gangnam style. Um, oh. And it is the most viewed, like it blows all of the other videos out of the water. And so that surprised my group of friends and I so much that we ended up watching all 40 of the top YouTube videos of all time. And I would highly recommend it because it's not what you'd expect. Like the top five are Gangnam Style, See You Again, which I mean, Wiz and that dude Charlie were never even in the same frame of that video. It's not a good music video. Mm -hmm. uh, Uptown Funk, which classic wedding song, like I'm not gonna knock it. Um, Sorry by Justin Bieber and Blank Space by Taylor Swift. What I thought was super surprising is that all of those are fairly recent hits. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they're all music. So all of the top videos for all of the, you know, sort of commentary that we hear about viral content and comedy videos, actually all of the top viewed things on YouTube are all music with the exception of a Russian cartoon and Little Wheels on the Bus, which I love because it just totally means that parents shove that in front of their kids and just let it pre-roll and just like have a great afternoon. So I did a an analysis, if you will, of the top 40. And I highly recommend that people just sit and devote some time to watching all of them in a row because you will emerge from that experience questioning everything. Do you ever, quick question, do you ever do YouTube repeat? Do you ever, will you ever, you know how you can just put like at the end of YouTube, you can put repeat and uh, you can just watch a video over and over. Do you ever do that? I've never done that, but there's something in your tone that suggests that you have. Oh, I'm the king of YouTube repeat. YouTube repeat. I'm glad because I was just about to go off and be like, who would ever do that? And then I checked myself. But why? I, I don't. I I can get hypnotized by stuff. Like I watched a Bill Ambeer like highlight film like literally 20 times in a row. Um, and it was set to like this really bad, like bad electronic song. Um horrible footage but something about like i'll just put it on and it will just it just focuses me if i get something like going over and over um those top 40 those the the official what i always think it's funny when i look for a song on youtube is those other people who've uploaded it and then they have the weird lyrics videos yeah the weird lyrics video or just the weird like it's like pink like yes and then it's like has like white cursive writing and like i think there's one person doing that I would love to track that person down because like what a, what a life you just you're uploading stuff to YouTube, putting on this horrible and it like the background slowly moves. It looks sort of like clouds. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Of oh, of course I know what you're talking about, because the only <laughs> the only way to access some songs without like a ad before it is just going on those lyrics videos with the pink background and everything. And it is it's hypnotic in a in a certain way. It adds a little something. In another life, I mean, I'd love to just up be an uploader to YouTube. Just to, you know, like just you were like one step away at eBombs. I, I ne they never let me upload. I wrote like uh, captions and stuff. I was a caption writer, and I would like f I was also like I would find viral stuff. Like I would try to find the next, you know, Charlie bit my finger, and I realized there that I have my taste in internet videos is not like what most people want like because even ebombs world is a little like skewed away from normal but i would bring them stuff and they would be like too weird yeah like what are you we're not going to upload this to ebombs world which like says a lot you know that must sting in a way like was that hard for you to reconcile like when your boss would be like hey man sorry this this cat video it's just a lot better than whatever sort of video you found yeah i never i, yeah. I mean, you're competing with cats is my point i never did like 
I never did cats or any of that. It's like I too mainstream. Like yeah, I, no, I admire you I, for that. I, I was like sitting like I, this was you know years ago, but I would sit there and be like, oh, you know, because you know it's, it's viral video. So like I was, I definitely came with it sort of a pretentious eye, like oh, cat videos. That's so hack. You know, <laughs> I I like to fight. I, I I like fight videos. I mean, I'll be honest. It's it's not a good thing I like about myself, but I like a good like just search like. Oakland Raider parking lot like the, day, the day after a game and it's just fun it's just a good time I mean you know a bottle being broken over someone's head I mean it's just like I like it goes back to beef you know yeah I, it all that's the thing that I, I I truly believe is that it all goes back to beef it really does yeah um what is your final recommendation if not oh, Raiders videos um it's a song that a lot of people cover on YouTube. It's a Bjork song called uh, J-O-G-A, Joga. I don't, but I really like this song. It's a great Bjork song. Um, it's sort of like it's on her greatest hits, but it's a little bit of an obscure um, song. It's not like a song you hear at a bar or whatever. What Bjork song do you hear at a bar? Um human behavior okay so for someone who doesn't like music you're a pretty big bjork head i do i like i like bjork i i i love her the movie dancer in the dark yes um i like that her she was married to that weirdo artist for a while i mean i just like iceland as a country i'm in if anything iceland sign me up on it this song yoga just search it J-O-G-A. And there's all these people on YouTube who cover it. And there's some great covers and there's some awful covers, but it's just, it's, it's really interesting. And there's some like professional people like, you know, who've covered it. Um, and it's just really interesting to uh, hear all the different interpretations of it. Um, Top of the Lake, you know, that, yeah. that show, the main actress covered it for the soundtrack mm. and um but i was into that song i god i can't believe i'm saying this i was into this bjork song before that but um no og bjork fan yeah i and get it what's great is that like i think it's a really hard song to sing but it looks easy because there's some attempts on it that have like three or four views i've watched every cover i've watched every single once a month like i'm paying my cable bill i look up joga and there's always something new. So, you know, a kid's doing it with a kazoo or like a marching band's doing it. And it's this weird, I've never talked about it. I've never asked anyone, hey, do you like, what's your, you know, favorite song? I've never heard anyone even talk about this song. But on YouTube, for some reason, YouTube loves this song and people are always trying to cover it. So take a look and you know what? Have fun. Upload your own yoga or yo i don't even know how to and say let it let us know how to say it so when you upload your own version please help us understand how to pronounce the name yeah i have no idea this was hot rex thank you for listening to the writer's room podcast and uh, please make sure to watch any given wednesday wednesday nights 10 p.m hbo thank you very much and we will see you soon